Looking tonight into the gospel according to St. John, chapter 21, and verse 1. John 21, 1. This uh, scripture is during the time uh, between the 40 days between the Lord's resurrection and his ascension on up into heaven. And this is giving account that this is another one. So we'll take a look at this. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. You think about comparing things, there is nothing that can be compared to the presence of the Lord, to mankind. Nothing begins to compare to God's presence among men. And this text uses the, uses the word again. What a great word to be applied to the presence of the Lord. He again appeared to his disciples. It's no accident when Jesus looks you or me up. That is no accident at all. That was a great intention on the part of heaven itself to look you up and to come my way. And then the Lord, here we even read to do with this, the Lord, we read again. Thank God he does it again. And he'll do it again. The, the disciples... We're in a floundering time, naturally, at this time of transition. And a lot too hard to understand, even though the Lord taught them over and over. But this was uh, a handful, for sure. But they needed God's presence far more than they needed full understanding of every item. Our, our head doesn't hold a candle to our spirit and our heart. They needed God's presence. They had many questions, a lot of things to understand yet, but they needed God's presence more than anything else, and so do we. We need the same thing. Aren't we thankful that the presence of the Lord is not reserved, was not reserved for heaven alone? We need God here. We need God desperately down here upon this earth. And thank God that uh, that is nothing new at all. God created the earth, all that in it. And we read in Genesis 3.8 that God himself would come down and his voice would come and walk in the garden in the cool of the day. He's used to coming to earth from Adam and Eve and on. This reminds me of a, of a song I, I used to really enjoyed hearing. It may have come out in the 70s. I haven't heard it for a long time. And I suppose it was called in the cool of the day. Uh, a, a certain men's group would sing it, and I, I just would love hearing that. And would say, in the cool of the evening, my Lord would come down and walk with me. In the cool of the evening, my Lord would come down and talk with me. And it had words, something like, when I am in distress, the Lord comes to me with rest. I haven't heard that for a while. It was a great song. 
But you know, uh, a lot of investment had gone on on this earth. Christ himself came down to be our Savior. He could have spoke something from above, but thank God he came to earth where you and I dwell. He came down here right where we live. He came down in the middle of all of its problems, all of its sin, and all of its pain. And he took the full brunt of it full for, for us to be our Savior. Thank God for his presence down here on earth for you and for me. During these 40 days, the disciples, they thought, well, he finished his part. They needed God's presence. What could have done a better job for what they needed than to have God's presence still? Thank God for again. And the Lord put great effort in this. We read from the tomb when they when they were didn't know what to do, and here Mary came to the tomb, and here the Lord was there. Thought he was the gardener. And as soon as he said, Mary, she knew he was her Savior. She said, yes, Mary, I am risen. Go tell the disciples, I am risen. There's nothing like the good news of the gospel. Tell the disciples, I am risen. They had a hard time believing that. And we also read and understand that it's not many times, it's not only the 11 that this, that Mary went to and others, uh, even when the Lord appeared to, but is we find several scriptures where we're told that the disciples, 11 and others. But then we read just about exactly after this time, two of them, probably, very possibly two uh, that were not of the 11, but were there perhaps when Mary said, he's risen. His, his presence is still here. But two of them were on the road to Emmaus, and they were sad. But then a stranger come along and said, why are you so sad? They must have been really sad. They lost hope. When you begin to lose hope, you need the presence of the Lord. We need God's presence. Thank God for prayer. Well, they were praying. They were very sad. But thank God for his faithfulness. He knows we need the presence of the Lord in our life, certainly in our prayers. And so as he began to talk to them, why are you sad? And of course they began to tell him the whole thing. You must be a stranger from a long way around here, from not knowing any about this. Think about this, but they began to tell him. And then of course he began to open the scriptures, the Lord. And God is compelling Even when sometimes you may not recognize it's God, He is compelling. And as He began to speak to them, they quietly had hope begin to spring up in their heart. Expectation, maybe, maybe, somehow. But they were drawn to this man. They were compelled by this man. They couldn't get, there was something unusual about this man. They did not want to part from this man. Thank God for the presence of the Lord to mankind. Where would we be without it? And so, as they went on and it was time to launch for the night, seemed to be they were at least having a meal and probably stay there for the night, they compelled him to stay with them. And as he broke the bread, they realized it's the Lord. This is the Lord. Thank God for realizations like that. We all need times 
And we need lots of them to realize this is the Lord. We need to be able to pray and feel this is the Lord. Because that's what God does. It's what it's all about. That's what Lord being a Savior is all about. Talk about excited. You can tell, we can tell now what was going on in their heart in private as the Lord disappeared. But who knows? Who cares? We've been with the Lord. The Lord is aware. The Lord has control of the whole thing. And so they ran. They, they didn't spend the night. They ran. And as they talked, they ran back. They said, you could imagine their conversation. Didn't our hearts burn within us? So they were quietly burning in their heart, not even realizing that it was God yet. But as they went back and, of course, told them, and they had a hard time believe, even believing them, but thank God for His faithfulness. We read where God... Uh, Christ met them two more times in their presence. And what does he say? True to form, peace. Thank God for his peace. God's presence brings peace. And he would show up and say, peace be unto you. He showed up again when Thomas was there this time. Peace be unto you. The disciples could relate. You know, when the Lord speaks peace, it is like no one else speaking peace. When God says peace, it must mean peace. When God brings peace, there must be great peace there. They, uh, they had, uh, they were no, uh, strangers to having the presence of the Lord with them and Him speaking peace. They were no strangers to that at all. When, uh, you know, when the Lord speaks peace, God's going to give full peace and someday. Peace is so powerful. We, we, we know we're living in the last days. And in Second uh, Thessalonians 2.7, we read where even that the mystery of iniquity doth already work. What's working in, we know it's working now. But he who now letteth will let. That means, that letteth means hinder. He who now holds back the evilness and the wickedness is the Spirit of God until he be taken out of the way. God is in control. But thank God, even though you see evil around you, the Spirit of God is here. And it will remain here for you and for me until it's taken out of the way. Then for a short time, evil will have control, but then that will be it for good. But thank God for His abiding peace. For everyone who is interested, every man, woman, boy and girl, thank God for the presence of the Lord that wants to come your way and wants to come my way. With His peace that is still in control of this world, holding the elements back, even though you can see them rising up, thank God for peace. The disciples were no strangers to peace. One example of that was before the Lord's crucifixion and during his ministry, he, he told them, let's launch out. And we, they went out and the Lord was in the boat. And as it went on toward, to the other side, it was a terrible storm. But as that storm rose and they were feared for their life. Christ was in the boat asleep in the hinder part. I don't know if there was a sheltered part there or what. But they began to cry out to God. And he simply rose. And what did he say? Peace. Be still. He didn't just say, be still. You know, sometimes a parent might say in a little bit of 
irritation or frustration to a child, be still. He didn't say it like that. He said, peace, be still. Well, those are same thing in two different ways, peace and be still. Well, they're, they're not the same, but they sure go together. And the Lord used them both. And one account we read where not only was, was the storm at calm, we read that there was a great calm. The Lord spoke, peace, be still, and there was a great calm. That must have been calm. The presence of the Lord is like nothing else. God speaks peace to your soul and mine in the middle of turmoil, just like that storm. But they realized there was such... They realized once again, you would think, well, I know what the presence of the Lord is. I know He's there all the time, but sometimes we get taken by surprise. They realized all over again, what manner of man is this? They'd been with Him all through His ministry. They'd most through most of it. And... They had been with him, but sometimes we just realize anew. The power and the presence of God is like nothing else. And what manner of man is this? Well, it's God himself through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, when they thought back on that rough storm, I don't know if it was supernaturally rough. It didn't tell us that. It was a terrible storm, and there's terrible storms now. There's terrible storms in the weather. There's terrible storms in lives. Maybe they'd seen storms like that when others were in it and thought, oh my, glad I'm not the one in there, out in that storm. But they were in it this time. And that doesn't always have to be in the, in the physical in a storm. But then here they had great peace. I'm sure that whenever they thought back on this storm, more than that, they thought of the great calm. Whether the storm was usual type of storm or not in this life, that calm was beyond anything in this life. I just can't help but visualize. Out there in the middle of a sea, I've seen calm seas. Rough ones, but I've seen calm ones. But I've never seen a sea that probably looked like this. I just imagine it be like a, a small pond on a windless day in complete mirror. Look like a complete mirror reflecting everything. I just like to, I just can't help but imagine that that middle of that sea must have been just like that. And the bow of that boat just cut through that glass, seemingly. And so whenever they thought back, just like the presence of God does, whenever they thought back on the terrible storm, they could have, they would have instantly thought of the great calm that followed that was far more heavenly than that storm was ugly. God is so faithful. Well, this, this particular scripture that we read in John 21, 1, this was when the Lord was appearing to them on the seashore. And they, they were there again. They'd been with the Lord, thrilling times with the Lord, but now they thought, I don't know what is next. That would be a normal thing. And Peter says, I go fishing. Might as well fish. Okay, there was some others that said, we'll go with you. There looks, it looks like there were seven of them there. And so they maybe will go fishing. And wouldn't you know it, on top of that, they fish all night and catch nothing. They could have easily thought, wouldn't you know it? What do we do now? But then the Lord appeared. Thank God for the presence of the Lord. He shows up always, but he especially shows up when we pray. The Lord showed up there again. 
They didn't recognize him, but they were compelled. I've, I've tried to imagine myself as a stranger after being through what they were, went through, a stranger who said, throw your nets on the right side. I thought I'd been, I've thrown it on the right side and the left side and the right side and the left side now, over and over again, and now you tell us to throw it on the right side. But this is the Lord. And they were compelled. Just like those two men that were on the way to Emmaus, and they threw them on the right side, pulled in a, a hall that they'd never experienced in their whole life, even though Peter and some of the other, other ones were professional fishermen. They pulled in a catch beyond 153 fish, and the net still didn't break. Now, Peter didn't recognize the Lord when they saw him visually from the boat. But then it seemed as soon as he saw this miraculous amount of fish, after doing exactly what they'd been doing over and over again, but at the voice of the Lord, he realized, this is the Lord. I mean, he might have been looking at him when he said that, but I, I kind of in my mind think he's looking at the fish, say, this is the Lord, and sure enough. And you know, when it comes to the presence of God, this is really tells us something about Peter. When it comes to the presence of God, if the Lord knows I am in God's presence and I can be closer, you're not going to keep him in the boat. He got out and he swam. He couldn't wait for the boat to get there. Well, remember the time before when, when the Lord came to him walking on the water and they were in a troubled sea? And if it's the Lord, I'm going to walk to you on the water. Whether he's swimming or whether he's walking on the water, he is going to the Lord. And if this is a presence of the Lord, I have got to get as close as I can get. That's Peter's heart. He didn't stop to think and and uh, of all of his uh, reasons why he shouldn't or couldn't do something. You know when they, when the the two men in on the way to Emmaus, and when they were heading back to the disciples to tell them, they weren't worried about having a list of questions that had all the answers on it. Now, remember the Lord now had this whole list of answers of answers to questions. What did that compare to the presence of God? They went and said, we've seen the Lord. They would never forget that all the rest of their life. They would never forget the presence of the Lord on the Emmaus Road. At the deepest, hardest times, a piece of paper with some kind of, with some kind of answers on it to questions that maybe they come up with and thought, if only I had the answers to these questions as they would have had at the time after the Lord's resurrection, but they were still in wonderment. None of that would have held the fact that they could not forget being with the Lord. They would remember that entirely. These men on the seashore, they're never going to forget that scene. Been with the Lord. Anything else wouldn't do. In, in hard trials, they wouldn't be thinking, where was that piece of paper with all the answers I got? They would have remembered their times when the presence of the Lord. And they would have been, when feeling, they would have felt from their heart, I know in whom I have believed. I know that he is able. I know that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Thank God for God's presence to us. It overshadows any other things we think we may need. It does the job. It did the job here. What a serene scene. Here on the, on the shore, when, the, when they went in there with their boat, the Lord was there 
already built a fire, already had fish and uh, whatever they ate on the fire, had it prepared for them, and they sat down on that shore, and they were with the Lord. What else would they have been wondering? Why, this was so superior to even their greatest catch they would ever dream of. It was flopping around over there on the shore in the nets. But they were with the Lord. It was so great, much greater than any hard trial. They had the presence of the Lord. And it just kind of puts everything into perspective. Thank God for His presence down here on earth with you and me. The presence of God. He is so faithful. And here is their, and they had this time together, and here we find the Lord saying in some words he used, said, Peter, let's talk. What a conversation they had. Telling Peter of things in his life, what he wanted from his life, and what would glorify God. I don't know if the others were listening, but they could have easily heard. John could have easily heard Peter mention his name by wondering about John, but even if John did, he would have thought, would have thought, well, so my name, the Lord must have a plan for me too. Got a plan for everyone. I can't help but think the Lord went to every one of them. Perhaps talked to every one of them the same way he did with Peter. What a time. Well, sometime we're going to, all of us, we're going to say, it's the Lord. And he's coming for me. We want to be able to do that. It's the Lord. And he's coming for me. And all those who love his appearing. Thank God for his presence. It's his presence down here on earth. Drawing close to you and me as we draw close to him. That helps, that keeps us and puts us in that place. Where we can say, that's the Lord. He's coming. He's coming for me. You know, the last time down here on earth, supposedly, it was the last time. But let's see if it was. When they, they saw the Lord was at his ascension. And then the word of God tells us there's as many as 500 people there. And so, and he, he gave him the great commission, go ye into all the world to preach the gospel. But he said something else. He was leaving, but he said, and lo, I am with you always under the end of the earth. Was he really leaving? Yes and no. So is it going to be less or more? How about more? Because he said, on top of that, I'm going to send the comforter your way. The third person of the Godhead. Is coming your way. And so now go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be, you received, uh, you be endued with power from on high for service. How's that for the presence of the Lord? Does he take care of us or what? Is he taking care of us today or what? Yes, he is. Well, thank God for his presence. If we need to be saved, just repent. Tell God you're sorry and let Him change you and God will live it through you. God will. Through you. If we let Him, we just ask Him to take over. If we're seeking to be sanctified, if we're seeking our baptism, well, perhaps don't look at it or ask for it so much as something that's being handed to you. But just seek the presence of the Lord. Seek God's presence. Lord, I just want to enter into your presence. Just get me close to you and see what happens from there. The closer we get to God, 
the more we get into God's presence, then the more we will see all of His promises to us all lined up there, just waiting for us to believe them. That's our God. He's here with us, and He's holding things down on this earth while we continue to walk by faith and thank God for His presence there for you and me at all times, here now, and especially when we pray. And thank God we're going to have a time for prayer now as we stand and sing. God bless each one.